Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Oh my goodness. It is a new year, a new season. Can you believe we have been away for about two months, is it now? It's been two months, yeah. That's crazy. It feels a bit eerie to be back recording, doesn't it? Or are you just, are you excited to get back in there? I think we've done a lot of work sort of leading up to it. Uh, We just needed to get back into it because we were preparing and you know wanting to make sure season two is even better than season one so yeah i'm i'm ready it it, i think it took a few weeks to prepare myself but now i'm ready yeah same like when we finished off with the vika interview for season one i was ready to take a break i was like the week in week out like girl i need a nap and so the month after it was like oh we don't have to record. Everything is good. We can just enjoy tennis. We can just enjoy watching like our our favorite YouTube videos on tennis. But then as the tennis started to come back into the news, I was, didn't you feel a bit like, let's get back into it? Yeah, it's felt like, you know, people are missing our voices. They must be because <laughs> I'm missing our voices. So yeah, we, you know, we're journalists. We're tennis journalists. Hard-hitting tennis journalist is what we are, girl. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's fitting that Bianca liked our comment on her Facebook post or her Instagram post because we're back today. She just liked our comment today. But she has historically liked our stuff before, hasn't she? Like, she's watched our videos. Has no? she? I don't think so. I that I mean, you know, we we have maybe different planes of which we watch our IG stories and stuff, but I didn't think she was one that saw our stuff. I thought maybe she hearted one of our comments, but in any case, the heart is a sign for sure. It is a sign. It is a sign to ignore your publicist and come talk to us (laughs) because we have nothing. Go ahead. Talking about ignoring publicists. uh, Thank you for, uh, to all of those players who we've just been, you know, <laughs> harassing <laughs> on IG and other, you know, such uh, like platforms. But you know what? A little bit of hard work goes a long way and the results are starting to show. Yeah. So if you turned in to <laughs> turned in. Wow. OK, <laughs> it'll take a few minutes for us to get back into the swing. If you tuned into our IG live, you would have seen or heard about the two interviews we secured. So we're very excited. Uh, if you missed that, too bad. So sad. <laughs> too bad so sad that's gonna that's gonna be your lesson to tune in to us weekly to make sure that you are you know up to the latest and greatest with the ready play times podcast girl yeah i mean th- this is all we got at the moment because we don't have actual tennis that we can play ourselves oh i know okay we're gonna go into that yes. right <laughs> okay so you know i know 
I mean, those of you that watched our IG stories, we did a bit of a promotional video asking you, uh, asking you to show us how much you've missed tennis without telling us how much you've missed tennis. And so thank you to all those out there that sent your videos in. But I actually didn't ask you personally, like, have you even hit a, have you hit a ball? Have you done any of that? No, I haven't hit a ball since I hit terribly when we were playing that social double of doubles event with our <laughs> now discontinued doubles team, Team Yellow. So oh, I happen to be wearing yellow. So the last time you hit a ball was for winter team tennis, and you're at home. You haven't held your racket. You haven't bounced a ball. You haven't hit a ball against your wall. Nope. None of that. None. Nada. Girl. Okay. All ha- right. What about you? Well, okay, listen, we talked about this in season one. Remember during our first kind of quarantine lockdown situation, I'm the kind of person that will not hit a ball against my apartment wall, bounce a ball in my apartment. If I'm not going to play tennis the proper way, like on a court with an actual human being, I'm just not going to get into it because it'll be frustrating to me not to be able to take a full swing at something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've just, I've literally, same as you, the last time that I played tennis was November 21st. And the reason why I know this is because I logged into court reserve, (laughs) (laughs) the booking software that you and I use to book our courts at Supreme Court Tennis. Ryan and I were the last players to shut the show down before the official lockdown. We played until midnight, and November 21st was the last time that I hit a ball. That's right. You played the next day. You actually um, took it to took it to the very end. You were probably you might have been the last person playing in the province. <laughs> well, I mean, remember it right, was a it was rolling t- lockdown. That's so true. So Toronto was shut down, and you know our social tennis took. I think it takes place where in York, York region. Yeah, they were still playing in Markham, I guess. Which Markham, that, the one. Um, the one uh, Mayfair club is, is outside of the city. So you can, you could have still played there, but I think that lasted only like a week or two. Yeah. And funny that, you know, we're talking about this now because Ryan and I, after we kind of resigned ourselves to to the fact that we were going to play tennis for a long, 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 long time. But then we were messaging each other on IG. It was either IG or Facebook or something like that. And I was like, girl, do you want to look for courts up in Markham or in Durham to see if we could play? And he's like, I'd be down for it. But, you know, by that time, we, we just we just stopped. We're like, OK, you know what? If it's not convenient for us, we're just going to take a little bit of a break of a break. Yeah. And the government has since sniffed us out and they've put us on lockdown or a stay at home order for anybody who's not listening to us from within Ontario. Uh, stay at home means just that you have to stay at home only for essentials and any indoor activities like gyms for example or tennis or you know if you're watching any part of this on youtube getting a haircut can't do it (laughs) i have not cut my hair since last march like girl it is is crazy but that that it was my plan. This was like my por- quarantine hair plan. So I'm good with it. But yeah, <laughs> hardcore lockdown. Yeah. So as you pointed out, none of us are going to be playing tennis anytime soon. Although there are a couple of city court outdoor courts where people have been getting <laughs> out there when it's not, or even maybe when it is below freezing. I don't know. Yeah. Like Jules, our former, uh, 
uh, winter team tennis captain who lives in the building just behind mine. I see him at the dog park every morning. And one day he was like, girl, you know, there's a group of us on Facebook, like us TLGTA members. We get together. We go to Riverdale. We play in like the dead of winter. You know, you just have to put your leggings on, put a pair of track pants, a couple sweaters. And you go out there and you go play tennis. And for a mi- honestly, for a minute, <laughs> I was like, could I go out there? Could I try and practice my forehand, you know, to make sure that it doesn't go away? But again, I'm like, oh, it's like not the proper condition. So I'm not going to risk it. Like, I'm getting old. I don't want to get injured. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is a bit um, cold. I mean, uh, I've been doing runs. And the other day we went for a run. Uh, the last time before it got really, really cold, I think it was minus five and the windshield was like minus 12 and we did a, an 8K run. And I thought that I, I still feel like that's excessive. So tennis, probably not. Yeah. And I mean, we got to shout out our girl, Nancy, right? Remember mm-hmm. what she posted on Facebook? Yes. She posted like a leaf blower, <laughs> <laughs> which also I think would have heat to maybe melt any of the ice that's on the court. Like, would you not be frustrated to not hit a proper ball? Like, I mean, yeah, you're out there hitting in some way, but you're not just like freely running on the court, like slamming a forehand or like hitting a dink shot over the net like you usually do. (laughs) Touche. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be able to hit uh, any of those, you know, accidental winners. (laughs) Speaking of quarantine, uh, there's been a whole, well, the... The end of the shenanigans has arrived in terms of <clears throat> AO quarantine craziness crisis. We need air to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag uh, free Putin Seva. Yeah, free Putin I came up Seva. with that hashtag. <laughs> and there was just so much shenanigans, so much, you know, gratefulness and then so much ungratefulness. We just we kind of have to, it is our duty as tennis journalists, as journalists, to really, you know, break this down. Listen, yes, absolutely. And I'm actually really excited to talk about it with you because in the pre-planning for our episode, you and I had a bit of like a, we, I mean, we had a di- bit of a disagreement. So <laughs> I was really curious how this would manifest on our first episode, but break it down for everyone, give people the 411 and then we could get into it. Well, high level, obviously we know Australia is doing really well with COVID. So they have, you know, made sure there's lots and lots of precautions in terms of arrival of players and quarantine hotels, etc. That started to break down uh, pretty quickly as players were arriving because um, staff and, you know, non-tennis folks, and I think even someone named tennis tested positive <laughs> for COVID on um, some of those flights. I believe there were three in total. One of the people who tested positive with, was Bianca's coach mm-hmm. um, and tennis sangrin. Yeah. And then other, I think, non-tournament related or non, non-player non or coach related folks who were on those flights. So those people had to hard quarantine, meaning they could not um, benefit from the few hours of scheduled practice and time out of their room each day. Right. So my understanding uh, in the research was that 
72 players were affected, three positive or four. I think we now found out that there was a fourth positive on the plane, but I know for sure there were three positive cases, Mm -hmm. 72 players affected into a hard lockdown. Initially, they thought it was going to be a 14-day lockdown, but as you mentioned, our friend Tana Sengren, who did a funny IG (laughs) kind of (laughs) off-the-cuff, like losing his mind story, mentioned that he thought he was going to be out in a certain day, but they started the lockdown from day zero, which translates into almost, well, 15 full days of being inside your hotel. So, I mean, that was the craziness that was going on. I was literally just, okay, I'm virtual teaching, so I've been at home teaching and mm-hmm. you know on my lunch breaks i'd be on ig just scrolling through the plethora of <laughs> players in this hard lockdown and just all of the different kinds of like fitness activities and just the craziness and shenanigans that they're just they're posting on on social media it was it was nuts it was nuts yeah it was uh yeah it was a cornucopia an anacornucopia of you know different <laughs> posts and stories and you know people enjoying the things that were being delivered to their room whether they were fruit baskets or like stationary bikes or workout equipment and then you know others creating makeshift gyms in their room and like being able to do you know shuffles and different skirmishes in their hotel room it was it was you know thoroughly entertaining because the only thing they could do was really set up their phone and post their (laughs) workout from their room yeah i mean okay so i have a list here of some players that have um that reacted negatively Mm -hmm. to the news that they had to be in a hard lockdown so first of all cornet alizé cornet and i'm just like looking over here on my other screen because you know we're Mm professional like that yeah she she tweeted something that she has recently deleted and she said that the situation was insane and that half the draw would have to be quarantined. So she was pissed. Like, imagining being on the plane, you are, from my understanding, it's 25% capacity to, you know, ensure the protection of all the players. And my understanding was that players were told that if there was a positive case in the 10 people or the 10 group cohort that you were seated with you would have to engage in a hard lockdown of 15 days now we know it's 15 days if there was a positive case on the plane that was not part of your 10 person cohort you could be in that 14 day lockdown but still experience the five hours of you know uh, training physio whatever you wanted to do for that five hour, hour window per day so she was clearly upset. That's number one. Benchich, who's normally like chill and cool and like everything is like hunky-dory and flowers. She's like, listen, <laughs> we're not complaining to be in quarantine, tweeted Swiss world number 12 Belinda Benchich. We are complaining because of the unequal practice and playing conditions before an important tournament. Could you disagree with her though? I think, you know, I didn't hear before about the suggestion or the 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 rule that they might have been told about if somebody tests positive in their section of the plane um that that section or that grouping would have to do a hard lockdown and that it sort of turned to the whole plane Mm -hmm, load of folks mm -hmm. um yeah it would definitely be challenging and it would definitely be frustrating and it would definitely feel unfair 
it would feel unfair to be one of those players who, you know, does have to stay in your room and not have fresh air <laughs> to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was going to segue to her, but yeah. you just did the perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You go ahead and then I can finish my piece. <laughs> so Putin Seva, I mean, everyone knows. I'm assuming that everyone knows Putin Seva and her... Um, and her kind of penchant for on-court antics. I mean, outside from the fact that she acted up and kind of, you know, spoke her mind about this whole quarantine situation, whenever you watch a Putin save a match, you always know there's going to be some kind of drama, mm-hmm. okay? Period. <laughs> but her being in this quarantine situation only exacerbated her, like, already kind of, like, you know, angsty kind of, you know, personality. And she... <laughs> <laughs> she put up a sign and posted it on IG saying we need fresh what did it say we need fresh air <laughs> we need we need air to breathe i think it we was need is air, what it said yeah we need air to breathe on top of that not only was she complaining of being in a hard lockdown for 14 days but there were mice <laughs> <laughs> there were mice just scurrying up in her room and she was not having it she was just like get me the f out of here someone changed my hotel and you know her behavior is the kind of behavior that people use an example as as an example of tennis players being bratty, um, spoiled athletes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that it feels unfair, and you know, it takes a lot of training and preparation for an elite athlete to be able to compete, and that there is now um, going to be folks who were going to have the ability to get on court a couple hours a day and those who had to hit tennis balls against a mattress in their room. (laughs) Um, But I, I think, you know, one of the things that we must observe at least about the country where they're at is that Mm -hmm. there are people who are from that country who cannot get back there because their government has locked that shit down. And, they felt it was a benefit to the country and perhaps to the economy to have this tournament, but mm-hmm. they're still, and they're, they're letting these players come back into the country who are not Australian citizens while also keeping people who should potentially be able to come back um, out of the country. So I think I, I appreciate the concern, you know, I appreciate also that they're going to make a hundred thousand dollars for losing their first round match. Waiting for you to get into it. I just want, I just really, sometimes I'm like, I want to hear what you really think. Because you always like, you always frame it in such a politically correct way that it makes me think that that's not what you really think. Because when we talked about it before, you're like, you know what, these spoiled ass players are getting $100,000. So I don't feel sorry for them at all. I'm like, that's the real Jason. Okay, girl, let us know. Let us know. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's exactly what Renee Stubbs talked about. She was like, listen, Come at me because we could talk about all the free flights, the fact that your flights were chartered, the fact that you're going to come away with 90,000, I'm assuming Australian dollars from losing in the first round. I mean, which is like $25 million in Canada or something. No, it's it's pretty pretty, pretty much par. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's close to on par, being on par. Yeah. And so there's definitely people on like that take Renee's viewpoint. I mean, I would I would say that you take. Renee's viewpoint and you know you have to understand you have to understand that it takes a lot 
to run a tournament like this and it's actually a point that i never thought of but like if there are native australians that aren't able to get back into their country then just step outside of yourself for a second and realize how lucky you are to be able to play your sport and to be paid for it you know Mm -hmm. a lot and i think about our friend like tyrone our friend tyrone in australia who is working on the ground to make sure that everything is going smoothly i on the other hand like I actually watched a couple of interviews that um, a morning a talk show in Australia had with many of these players in hard quarantine. They talked to Tennis Sangren, they talked to um, Joanna Conta, they talked to Vika Azarenka. And I think that a lot of players feel in the middle. And let me just explain myself. Mm-hmm. So you've got players like Putin Seva who are gonna just go off the cuff and, you know, in a blaze of fury, explain how angry they are that they put so much training into the off season, only to find out that, you know, an isolated case on a plane of COVID nineteen is going to damper, maybe even eliminate their chances of going far in a slam, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're athletes, that's what they train for. It's not their fault that, you know some person ended up testing positive and now they're confined to a to a hotel room and aren't able to do their job that is frustrating but you know a lot of these players that this morning show interviewed they were saying listen it's a sticky situation because we understand and when i say we <laughs> i'm talking as if i'm a professional tester <laughs> which i'm not <laughs> but like for example Kanto was saying it's a it's a sticky situation because whenever you find out that you have followed all the rules, done all of the correct things, only to have something happen to you that is completely out of your control. It's frustrating, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, so when people make the argument, oh, girl, you know what? They have no right to complain. They do have a right to complain. They absolutely do have a right to complain. But once you like kind of temper the anger and step outside of yourself, you do have to recognize a level of gratitude for the fact that, okay, you know what, bitch, I might not go far in this Australian Open, but it is a blessing that I'm here. And so there is a bit of like 50, coming 50-50 to the table, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, And I think, unfortunately, we're in an era where people just post everything and they say all of their feelings on social media and that gets them into trouble even though it may be accurate and it may be true like perhaps doing it taking a step back feeling what you're feeling taking a step back and then doing the interview and and you know having both perspectives and you know having taken a day or two to say you know what this really sucks but I'm going to try and make the best of it like maybe that's a better approach than everybody doing 800 stories about how awful it is to hit your tennis ball against a punty mattress (laughs) you know what I appreciate what you just said but I'm also going to reverse it I think that yes I think taking a beat and like living in the emotion and then kind of analyzing and maybe doing a story after you've calmed down is the better way but I think all of us all of us do and I mean we're going to talk about Christian Harrison in a second but he's the perfect example of a person that just of people that went for him without even knowing the full situation Mm -hmm. so I think that we all we all as you know as a as tennis loving fans as a global community all of that stuff we all have to take a minute and just not take it so personally because people are getting really (laughs) yeah you can get canceled right quick 
you could get canceled right quick and I don't know I'm not a cancel person so you know we just all need to take a beat and mm-hmm. just you know lead with patience and kindness that's it. So besides Putin Save Us <laughs> post, which was obviously amazing and um, seen as somewhat controversial, in, but maybe not since they found mice in her hotel room. <laughs> what, what, what was your other favorites in the quarantine post world on IG? Heather, listen, Heather Watson, I loved watching, I love watching her IG game because she is just like, she's just so honest and brutal. She did a TikTok of her just going nuts and like doing these kind of Olympic style um, training videos. Like she filled up her tub and pretended like she was swimming. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that. She was... She was doing like she did a fast forward video on TikTok where she was running from her hotel room door to her window, which was probably maybe like 10 feet, maybe a little less. And then she put like a little caption saying running the 5K. I'm like, this girl's going nuts. She's going nuts. (laughs) But she was fun to watch. So Heather Watson would would be my pick. It's funny. I wonder when you and I are using our Instagram, our Ready Play Tennis Podcast Instagram, if you watch a story like Heather Watson's, does it go to the back of the line for me? Because I didn't see yes. any of her stuff. So we're yes. So I need to like spend a bit more time because I think I would pop on um, maybe at a different time. And I was always obviously seeing um, Bethy, our girl Bethy, doing... <laughs> doing hotel room workouts with her boyfriend and she was you know having him lay on top of her while she did push-ups and a lot of bed moving and you know fast track setting up of the the hotel room for their workouts and then I saw um Pospisil many times doing you know different skirmishes and different workouts and he's the punty mattress guy that I was talking about because <laughs> the urine stains on that mattress were a lot to handle nasty yeah I mean to your point I didn't I didn't see any of Vashik's stories it would make sense that you would watch Vashik's yeah. stories though because you're in love with him <laughs> <laughs> but they would be like what one of the first ones I, maybe when I when I was tuning in, they, they just happened to be the first ones up, him and Beth Bethany. Maybe because of the time that we're watching the stories, we just run through the same cycle of players. Who knows? Maybe that's what it is. I think so. It was funny watching Pospisil <clears throat> hit the, the ball against the dirty mattress. And he did get a certain cadence where he was able to just hit and the ball bounced off the mattress in a way that he could you know, hit and he was like really swinging, but he had uh, Frank Dancevich, I think on his computer watching his swing or whatever. And uh, I think Frank was telling him to swing harder. And he's like, I don't know if I should, because I'm like dusting up or like having released all of the, you know, nasty dust and <laughs> chemicals from the dead mattress. Yeah. He's on the dirty ass mattress. Like, I don't know if I should be doing this. <laughs> you, I want you to share your reaction to Tennis Sangren's IG story because I thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, he was on his bike. Uh, I don't know if he was on his bike when he just found out um, that he 
was being forced to stay another day. I think all of those players were probably, you know, counting counting down the minutes and they had this perception that it was going to be 14, but it turned out to be 15. And yeah, he posted a little story diatribe and he he looked a bit haggard, I don't know. He was he did <laughs> working out. Girl girl needed to do a face mask. But then he did um, what he felt was an impersonation of Tennis Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it. It's so good. (laughs) Um, I'm Tennis Australia. I'm so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. That's the best impression that you've done of it so far. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'm here all week. So, yeah, I mean, those were some of my favorites. Obviously, Vika decided to just pose for still photos and share those. And then, you know, whimsical messages of Kumbaya. And um, I don't know. I think those were the... I saw Kerber. She was in hard lockdown. I was trying to really figure out who all of the players were because 72 is a lot. Um, Yes, (laughs) Didn't quite get to them all, but I know like Gabby Dombrowski was one of them. Uh, Kei Nishikori. Yeah, I um, I have a question for you. I have a polemic question for you, actually. So I'm not sure whether you remember, but our friend Novak Djokovic, who was, you know, took center stage for many of our episodes last season, season one. (laughs) He made a list of okay. He made a list of proposals. And just to show you how things can get skewed in the media, um, many news outlets outlets change the word proposals to demands. Right. So just to let everybody, just to be mindful that whatever you read can really change your opinion and um, viewpoint of the person that's being written about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back to my question. So Djokovic sent a list of proposals to the tournament director, Craig Tilly, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, and um, these are the. This is the list. So Ooh, I'm curious. Okay. I'm curious to know what you think about it, right? Because just to give a bit of background, Djokovic has a has a reputation for being a bit self entitled, for being egotistical, for wanting to represent the players, and there's been a lot of um, discussion about his proposals. Okay, mm-hmm. so here it is. <clears throat> These are a list of proposals for those players that are in the hard lockdown. Do you want me to comment on all of them individually or just the whole list? The whole, listen, there's going to be a couple that are going to pop out to you, but I'm curious to know what you think. So here's his list. Number one, fitness and training material in all rooms. Number two, decent food for athletes. Decent. Reduce (laughs) the days of isolation for players in quarantine and carry out more tests to confirm they are negative. Permission to visit your coach or physical trainer as long as both test negative. Grant both the player and their coach permission to be on the same floor of the hotel. The last one, move as many players as possible to private houses with a tennis court to facilitate training. (laughs) What do you think? I mean, the last one (laughs) was never going to happen because I, um, to coordinate anything like that would not have been plausible yeah um the as far as i know pospisil and dancevich were were beside each other so i 
think maybe there was some of that, but I guess depending on the hotel situation, maybe it wasn't always possible to put players beside their coaches in that so hotel. Not situation. everything is pot. So you're saying not everything is possible. Not everything is possible. So in that <laughs> particular instance, perhaps. Um, the other stuff uh, all sounded fairly like fairly reasonable demands. <laughs> yeah. Demands. <laughs> I am. Um, I... I am a media graduate of communication, so I understand <laughs> and appreciate your um, your effort to provide some media literacy to our audience. I didn't know that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. You mean with the whole proposals versus demands bit? Of course. So yeah, headline um, what what how it's written and the words that are used definitely drive a specific narrative over um, what you might find in the content of the story. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm especially sensitive to that because there is a general heightened sense of anxiety because of the global pandemic. And I don't think that it's fair that things are not reported on accurately. Even the change of one word can really affect a person's viewpoint of that person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I came, I came away with the same, um, with the same thoughts. I didn't think that his his proposals except for the last one were I th- I felt like they were that they were fine proposals to ask. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're going to test negative and my coach is going to test negative, why couldn't we be together, you right. know, and stay within our own bubble? And I again, I try to look at it from the other angle and say that, you know, I don't you don't want to disrespect all of the people that are trying to make this whole behemoth of a grand slam happen, but I think that if you're you this is what I this is what I told you now in the pre-planning of our episode 1. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Like they're just doing their job being there. They want to entertain, they want to do well at the at the at the slam and they want to be, do that to the best of their ability. So I think a bit of common sense has to factor in into what is going on. If you ask me personally is a 15-day hard lockdown necessary? I would say no. But that's just my opinion and mm-hmm. I don't want to offend anyone, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I see your point for sure that 15 days seems a bit uh, excessive um, for Australia they have taken more of the hard line so that's that's the approach that they've chosen but you know I agree they they could have done a week they could have maybe done some of what Djokovic suggested which is you know allow the player to meet with their coach um, in some way but mm-hmm. they they said they said no to that and I think it's also important to know that you know similar to perhaps a a union negotiation maybe that's sort of what Djokovic was offering and maybe it's not the best analogy so um Mm -hmm. but you know he wanted to stand up for the other players who um you know aren't having the same situation that he got to have in Adelaide Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just to share a reaction from a person that you and I both know, I'm not going to put him on blast. I'm not going to share his name. Maybe he doesn't want to be known. But on the GLTA message board, when this list of proposals came up, um, our friend responded on the message board with this. He says, 
me, myself, and I, and then once again, he gets scolded like a little kid. He sends nine bazillion paragraphs to try and explain why he's not a narcissistic asshole. <laughs> well, too late. <laughs> so they've already, you know, they've already crucified the guy. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. And then, you know, people created another layer of drama when, Nadal piped in and said, you know, <laughs> some some people feel like they need to, you know, express themselves or e- express their um, support for other players publicly um, while some of us do it privately. And, and people felt that that was Nadal give, ribbing on Djokovic. Yeah, she's she was for sure giving her subtle shade. <laughs> that was a read. Yeah, I don't think, you know. If Djokovic wants to try and get some support for the other players, I think it's reasonable to ask for, you know, decent food as you're stuck <laughs> stuck in a hotel for, you know, 15 days plus one or whatever it was. So yeah. some of that stuff wasn't unreasonable. The private housing, probably unreasonable. And I think he acknowledged that he didn't expect much to occur but it doesn't matter when it's couched in this idea of a headline that it was a demand right one last point i wanted to share because i think it's pertinent but pat cash former wimbledon champion and australian native he was talking to the same uh, morning show in australia and the um the host was really slamming him with questions because all of this negative press had come about because of the players complaining of the hard lockdown and pat cash was really kind of chill about it and he was saying listen man and it's the same point that i just you know expounded on five minutes before is that they're athletes and they are caught in a precarious situation of wanting and needing to do their job to the best of their ability but also understanding that we're in the midst of a global pandemic no one wants to be out here disrespecting nobody Mm -hmm. right but at the same time you have to understand that you know if you are there to do a job and something out of your control happens that forces you to not have the best preparation you're going to be upset and it's just a matter of understanding every everyone on all sides understanding what the situation is i don't think that it's fair that the players got so much negative press and were called you know spoiled athletes are you upset are you upset that they're getting a hundred thousand dollars at the first round then don't pay them that much that's not their problem mm-hmm. yeah, sorry period that's what the tournament is set up for it's set up for you know our enjoyment and we want them to do well and we don't want them to injure themselves so we you know they want to have as best conditions as they can and the the most amount of time to train and some people they just, just didn't get that but some people got yeah. out of quarantine and went to the court at 1 a.m yes kerber uh huh. i saw some kerber hitting i saw again pospisil because i just conveniently see his stories <laughs> um but yeah I, I, everybody sort of busted out and i think they must have made provisions for them to be able to go over to the courts right away because pospisil was out i think at 105 a.m hitting (laughs) so yeah i think heather watson my pick for best ig stories during quarantine was out there at one o'clock she was like thank god (laughs) (laughs) it must feel good like to get out of the room you know breathe that fresh air and uh, and you know be able to hit a ball again and you know see what it's like because you must 
be worried. Like, am I going to be able to hit at all? Like at the same level as these people who get to practice three or four hours? Yeah. You know, a, a little, um, you know, side story that I just watched was a Japanese player. I forget his last name. I should have remembered. But he made the proposal to the tournament director and said, listen, we've been in a hard quarantine for 14 days. Can you not just make the men's matches best of three? Because asking the men to play a best of five after being in a hard lockdown for 14 days, you know, it you stand the chance of injuring yourself so much more. So, I mean, there are there are definitely proposals out there to make it safe for everyone, I guess. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, before we move on, things that won't be safe for for people (laughs) is the cleaning staff who have to clean all of those rooms where those players were working out and sweating all over the carpets for 15 days. I mean, if it it was to vacuum the floor that CC Pass was on when he took those uh, homoerotic photos, I'll be there. Sorry. I'll well, be there. I mean, your tongue is not a cleaning. <laughs> so I've been told that it is. <laughs> <laughs> so since there was like no tennis for two weeks, now that now those that were in hard quarantine are going to have ample chance because there's like 400 tournaments happening in the next week <laughs> prior to the uh, the start of the Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm being facetious. There's three women's events and three men's events. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all sort of named after areas in Victoria province of Australia. So yeah. the Yarra Valley Classic, the Gippsland Trophy. The Grampians mm-hmm. Trophy, which is a place that I went when I was there to hike. It was a very nice hike. That's where I saw all the kangaroos. Um, and then the men are playing the Great Ocean Road Open, the Murray River Open, and the ATP Cup, which is the big one. And all five gazillion tournaments are taking place at Melbourne Park. Yes, they're all taking place in the same venue um, on all, all them courts. Yeah, we um, on our IG live this past Thursday, Tyrone, our friend from Australia, again, I'm sure you guys all know Tyrone by now, having spoken about him at length. But again, Tyrone works at the Australian Open. He's one of like the ground workers. And um, we asked him, like, girl, how's it going over there? He's like, all of the tournaments are taking place in the outer courts. So, you know, the scheduling in terms of making sure that all of the matches get played, I mean, must be difficult i would even dare say a logistical nightmare but they're managing and again kudos goes out to everyone there for making it happen mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah it's very cool um you and i both subscribed to tennis tv <laughs> and the WTA. wait hold on correction correction we look back for a second you and i did not subscribe you subscribed with your credit card <laughs> <laughs> yes I subscribed. I was like, we should check this out. There's a couple of tournaments. And not, <laughs> not really realizing that I wasn't really paying attention. And the the tournament was like the first week of the subscription. And then there was no tennis for like two weeks. And now we're coming to the end of our month. And we'll need to decide if we are interested in these 800 events that are happening this week. Listen, I was only until a couple of days ago 
and we're going to get into the exhibitions at Adelaide, did I really start to rev up and get excited for tennis again? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just as a quick little refresher, there are all of the big names in women's tennis at these tournaments. Like the top four seeds in Gippsland are Halep, Osaka, Svitolina, Sabalenka. Sviantec and Golf are also there. And at Yara Valley, you've got Barty, who we're all dying to see play, right? Are we though? Uh, okay, I, w- I wasn't until the exhibition, the Adelaide exhibition. I'll explain okay. why in a second. Okay. Barty, Kenan, Pushkova, Kvitova, and both Williams sisters. And, mm-hmm. you know, little side note, Venus Williams won her first round match she today. She did. So, exciting. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard to know with with so many events going on and and players playing different tournaments but in the same place and they're probably going to be televised differently it's hard to know what to pay attention to i think that's going to be the challenge over the next couple of days are you going to try and tune in to some of these pre-ao events i think so yeah i think so now that i'm kind of got my juices flowing i see my girl venus with that same you know rectified service motion like i want to see how how girls are hitting i got a little excited when we watched when i watched abu dhabi but my kind of like gateway into 2021 wta tour was the exhibition between bardi and halep okay go tell me about it because i'm i didn't know where to watch it and i didn't get to see it so they i mean as everyone knows, there's you know a handful of players that are playing an exhibition in Adelaide. Halep is there, Osaka is there, Serena is there, and Halep and Barty played a match. I was waiting with bated breath to see um, Barty play because, as you know, season one listeners, I kept on forgetting she was the number one player in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and she still and- is. Like how? Right? Like, come on, girl. Like, I wanted to see whether, you know, all of those hours on the golf course that you've been spending with your girlfriend or, you know, all of those cute little IG stories that you've been spending with your, with that baby. I think it's Casey Delacqua's baby. I think. I'm not sure. But anyway, like, she has been so off the radar in tennis. I wanted to see whether she still had it. And girl, even though she lost that exhibition, she still had it. She played a phenomenal first set. And, you know, she was doing all of the slicing and dicing and, you know, crafty Kathy stuff that she usually does. And I'm excited to see her play in the main draw of the Open. That really got me excited. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, there are a few players like her that we haven't seen in a while, like Bianca. What's We, we all want to know what Bianca's going to do as well. She hasn't really played in a year either. So is she going to play the Grandma Tournament? What is I, that? Grand, grand, grandma? Grand, grandpians. Grand, grandpa? <laughs> grandma, yeah. Oh, Grandma. I She's going to play that. In, and I didn't see her in the draw, but... I, oh, you, the Grampians, yes. So I went to the WTA site before we started this, and they didn't have the draw posted yet, So, I'm, mm. which is surprising because it starts February 2nd, which is tomorrow for I'm assuming in that she is because... I'm assuming she is because she was in that hard lockdown. Yeah, so she would probably right? be the number one seed for that event. Her and who are Azarenka you? will be playing there probably. Putin Seva. <laughs> Putin Seva. Um, um, Kuzi Kuznetsova. Kuzi. Yeah. Right. Okay, so question for you. Like, who are you excited to see on the men's tour? Like, let's just remind all of our devo- devoted listeners who jason is thirsty for maybe in a physical way maybe in a you know tennis professional way i mean who are you looking 
forward to seeing. Oh God, um, <laughs> I, I, you know I want to see if a player like Rublev can continue to play well. Medvedev, obviously, I would love to see him continue to do well. I'd like to see Tsitsipas get deep again. Uh, you know, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> you know, I it, it's going to be interesting to see what Nadal's able to do on the hard court. So yeah. I think those those four guys team can he you know bring another slam title home um at the time i think people still felt the u.s open was going to be this asterisk so um now that he has djokovic and nadal playing and you know djokovic will hopefully behave with the lines people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can he, you know, break through against those two guys or can any of those other guys break through? And then, you know, people have stopped talking about Zverev and this whole situation that he's going through. So be interesting yeah. to see what happens with, with all those guys. I like the Rublev storyline mm-hmm. because Rublev was a person that I put a lot of money on to win in London last year. Um, and he got smoked up the hole. <laughs> yeah, but then he beat he beat team, right? Yeah, he did yeah. in a tight three set match, I think. Yeah, it was so really Rublev, lame and boring, but yeah, Rublev is a guy that I would be really curious to see how he kind of transitions into this new season. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? Besides, you know, Barty and Bianca, um, you kind of picked <laughs> you kind of picked um, Sabalenka as someone to watch, even though you find her grunt annoying. I find her grunt to be the most annoying noise in the entire world. <laughs> Sorry, just the truth. And um, But it doesn't deny the fact that she is on fire. Mm-hmm. She won Ostrava last year. She now has won Abu Dhabi. She beat an in-form Sakari, I believe. I believe she beat Sakari in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Sakari had beaten Mugu, had beaten Goff. And, um, and Kenan. Yeah, Sa- Kenan. Yes, thank you. And uh, Sabalenka is one to watch. I love Danielle Collins. Danielle Collins made a run at the Australian Open a couple years ago. She went all the way to the semis, but I love her, like, Florida, Californian, hardcore, blonde, like, come on, varsity. Like, I'm not taking any prisoners, bitch. <laughs> she doesn't take like no her. shit. That's for sure. She doesn't take no shit. She, like, <laughs> She'll hit. She'll rip a winner, and then she'll say, "Come on!" Yeah. And then she'll hit another winner the next. She like, and she'll like say, "Come on!" Even louder. Like Daniel Collins is my girl. I like her, so she's, I'm really excited to watch her. She's pissed even when she's winning points. <laughs> that's, that's her shtick, though. Kenan used to have that. I think Kenan has sort of settled into Ugh. herself a bit more. Her, I just love her ground strokes. They're so crisp. I just like watching her hit the ball. I wish I could hit the ball like her. Agreed. She is be- her 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 strokes technically are so beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Barty. I want to see our girl. Um, I want to see. I want to see how Bianca does in the mix, right? Because we have our our last opportunities to see Bianca after she won the U.S. Open in the mix with all of these women was at the WTA finals, 
right? And she did the Asian swing. She lost to Osaka in the final. She lost to Halep in one of the round robins. So I really want to see where her game's at. And I think that's what women's t- women's tennis needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the WTA changed their whole look with the, you know, the icon and everything is fucking purple and blue and all that whatever bullshit. Mm-hmm. But Bianca is going to bring the spice. So I'm, I think I'm excited to see her the most. Yeah, I'm really excited to have her back and I hope she does well. And, you know, that's what I said to her post and she liked it. <laughs> yes, exactly. She liked it, was, it. It was a sign. And you know what I said? I said, bring home that trophy. I specifically did not include the why and i think that's why she liked it you like you like the fact that you you just dropped the letter I at dropped the, the letter Bring on the purpose trope. and she got it she got she got my vibe <laughs> you you and her on the same vibe for sure 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. so that's pretty much it for today isn't it i think episode you don't one go, you don't want to go over um delray beach in abu dhabi or we're over it we're done we can, yeah, I mean, let's give it a play. We, we went over Abu Dhabi, I think, for the most part. You know, Sabalenka and her grunt brought it home. Yeah, exactly. We, we, Del, Delray Beach only because we could tease it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and we look forward to Zachary. She continues to play well, so we want to see her, more of her. And then, you know, we we did subscribe to Tennis TV so we could watch <laughs> Delray Beach. Apparently, the tournament in Turkey, we were not allowed to watch because they did not televise that. But, um, yeah, we watched some Delray Beach and, you know, we got to see um, Tiafo and we got to see um, Sebastian Corda play well. He made the final. Um, Mm -hmm. Her catch took the the tournament, but we got to see, you know, a new player come come up who's dealt with some struggles in Christian Harrison. Yeah. um, Eight surgeries and, you know, hasn't done well in the tour in a long time. And made a breakthrough, beat Garen, who's the top seed, and then got to the semifinals, lost to Herkash. And, um, you know, unfortunately, his amazing run at Delray Beach was overshadowed by his, um, you know, his post-match, I believe it was his first, no, his second round match, where he did not wear a mask, was fined for it. Um But you know what? I think we're going to save that because we can say, we can say on our show, right? Like, yeah, he's gonna be on. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna save all. We're gonna save all of that juice for when we talk to Christian Harrison, Harris, Harrison himself in the flesh. Yeah, we're very excited. He has been very nice in his communications with us, and you know, sending us voice messages and you know, giving us his number. <laughs> yeah, girl. I was like, what? I don't even get that from my Tinder dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so quickly. He's been very. Uh, nice and uh, I think what he said was any anybody who has a platform that is helping to promote the sport I want to support so yeah so I mean based on that he is aces in my book yeah aces ooh well done wink wink (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that'll be exciting so uh, stay tuned for that um, as part of uh, what's going to be a glorious season 2 or S2 Uh, I know here we are we're back we're back at it yeah so until uh, next week next week we're going to do an AO preview 
Yes, we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. We're gonna analyze all of the results and we're gonna see who is on fire. Yeah, all of the results from the 400 tournaments. So <laughs> yeah, if, hope, we hope you have 16 hours to listen to us next week. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, bye. Bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.